0: You are listening to The Lively Show, episode 30. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this blogcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra intention to your everyday. Welcome to The Lively Show, guys. I'm so excited to say that we are just two days shy of our seven-month anniversary for The Lively Show. Thank you guys so much. Because of you and all of your sharing and all of your love for the show, we are just shy of 185,000 downloads. Actually, today, I think we'll probably go past that mark. Thank you guys so much. It really means a lot to me, obviously. I put a lot of time into these episodes for you. Takes me six to eight hours. episode to put them together for you. So I really, really appreciate that you guys really appreciate what I do and that it's really making a difference in the lives of those who listen. So before we get started today, I have two other exciting announcements to share as well. The first is Life with Intention Online, that class I've been rebuilding from the ground up all summer long is going to be opening for registration next Tuesday. I'll have more details on the blog about the class, but if you're more interested in also getting some bonuses, please go over to lifewithintentiononline.com. There's a little email form there. You can add your email to that list and you'll also have access to any special bonuses that are going to be offered next week during registration on top of what the regular registration will look like. It's not actually signing up for the class, it's just giving you details and access to special bonuses. And it's not a part of my normal email list. And second, I'm actually going to be the Lively Show guest next week. A lot of people have been asking me to do something like this where I'm the one being interviewed, and I'm excited to say it's going to happen next week. So if you have a question you want to ask me for the show, go over to Twitter and send me a message with your question at Jesse Lively. I'm excited to include some of those questions in the show, and if I can't include your question in the show, I'll just answer it directly to you in the tweet. In today's episode, I'm talking with Caitlin Wilson of Caitlin Wilson Design and Caitlin Wilson Textiles. Caitlin's an awesome interior designer who's a huge inspiration for me personally with the hotel lobby project I designed and also just with my home in general. I actually own two of her pillows and people always ask me where those pillows specifically come from. Caitlin's gonna be talking about how her experiences living in London, Hong Kong, and Dubai have influenced her design styles and collections. We'll talk about how she manages her career and parenting priorities with three young children. And a sidebar about that, Caitlin is actually talking with us in this interview with her three-week-old daughter in her arms. She's really walking this walk just like Taylor did a few weeks ago, managing her career and her parenting priorities at the same time. In addition, around the 25-minute mark, we're going to have a conversation about social media and keeping up with everyone. Now, obviously, I could have this conversation with pretty much every guest I have on the show, but what makes Caitlin's perspective really interesting is that she made a pretty significant shift from how she originally approached social media and blogging to how she approaches it today, and she'll explain why and how her children have helped change that approach and actually what her approach to social media with children is now. Let's go to the show. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Caitlin. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I have two of your pillows. One of them is sitting in this very room where I'm recording with you, so obviously I'm a huge fan of your work, and it's exciting to have you here. Oh, thank you. You're so sweet. As always, you want to start with your story and learn a little bit about your background and how you got to where you are.
1: So I started out as an aspiring interior designer. I got a job out of college with a local interior designer in Utah, and she was not my ideal style, but I learned a lot from her. What was her style like? Her style was very rustic. I would say it was a little bit mountain home. (laughs) Gotcha. (laughs) Very not Caitlin
0: Wilson textiles.
1: Pretty opposite of me, I would say. Um, But it was, it was good experience. I mean, I always tell people that you just start wherever you can. You know, if you're in a place that doesn't have perfect interior design, or if it's something that is not even related to what you want to do, there's always something you can learn from professional. Yeah. So it was, it was good experience. And I, later moved on to work with another interior designer who was definitely more my style, but didn't need quite as much help. So it was a little bit more of a part-time thing. And at the same time I was doing some buying and designing for a local boutique. And so someone came in and was asking who did the design of the store. And they obviously met me and were really complimentary and wanted to see if I was taking any you know, design clients. So I started doing that on the side and, um, ended up getting another client through my blog. They had just seen some of my own apartment, (laughs) my nesting that I was doing since I had just gotten married and got another job through that. And I was pretty much working full time between the two jobs and then doing design at night and on the weekends for these clients of mine. So that's kind of how I got started. And then I later moved to Dubai with my husband for his job. What was that like? How long were you there? We were there for a year and a half. So we were we were in London for training because he was working in investment banking. So we went to London first with our brand new baby. She was five weeks old. And been a year and a half in Dubai and then moved for a rotation for, was supposed to be just six months. And then we'd go back to Dubai and then my husband got, ended up getting into business school and we moved back to the U S. So it was supposed to be a longer term, uh, venture abroad. My husband speaks Arabic. So we were pretty comfortable with the idea of living in Dubai for a while. And I really would have, I loved it. It was a great experience and it was it was a melting pot of a lot of different cultures. It, it's really not just Emirati or Arab, you know, what some people might think. It's There's lots of different people from all over there. So it really was fun and just such a unique experience. I really loved it. Did it actually influence any of your design at all? Oh, absolutely. I was there and I was having a really hard time finding fabrics for clients I ended up getting some design work there, obviously, and was having a hard time finding fabrics because, you know, I couldn't get this stuff in the United States very easily. And then I didn't really want to use the the kind of typical Indian woven prints that I could find there. People wanted, you know, what they had seen in my portfolio that I had done when I was in the States. So I was having a hard time finding things and just kind of got into the idea of, having some textiles printed either in India or and then we happened to get this um, assignment to go for six months to Hong Kong. Perfect for creating fabric. Absolutely. So I really just took my my ideas and inspiration that really came to me in Dubai. It was at that time when you know trellis and geometrics were really taking a huge you know, everyone just was obsessed. I feel like with geometrics, you just couldn't get enough of them <laughs> and so there were so many of those patterns that really are arab inspired, like the chevron it's you know you, when you go there and you see mosques they they have all those geometric patterns, mostly because they can't I guess in the Muslim world, you can't draw pictures of people they have to be just geometric patterns and symbols so just saw all these patterns everywhere and I was drawing them and writing them down and sketching them and so I took those ideas to Hong
0: Kong with me and just went for it <laughs> that's incredible now not to go too far down that road but was it a challenge to find sources in Hong Kong it it was because you would be surprised that
1: you know in Hong Kong you would think because it's such a big city and it's so booming that, you know, everyone would speak English, but they really don't. <laughs> they speak they speak Cantonese and it's, you know, it's kind of hard to get around. I would go pretty much weekly, if not more than once a week to the garment district and I would just walk around trying to find sourcing. And I literally would show them a, a little pattern that I had on like a coin purse. And I would say, can you print a pattern like this? In this color, different pattern, can I show (laughs) you? And it was total, you know, just broken English, trying to explain to them what I wanted. And little by little, it just kind of came together and,
0: and worked out. So that's how your textile side of your company came to be, was through all of this travel. Right, right. When did you come back to the States? And how long
1: total were you abroad? So we were gone a total of two years. And we came back in left in 2009 and came back in 2011. Was it challenging having a little one while you were there? It was. You know, it was it was really good timing because she was little when we left and so she was still really sleepy on the flights and she just kind of grew up that way. You know, her first 2 years of life were traveling and we we did a lot of traveling within the Middle East and Europe while we were there. And I came home a lot too because my family, you know, wanted to see the baby and I missed home. And so we just kind of traveled all the time. And she was not a very scheduled baby. It was hard in that sense because she always had jet lag and she pretty much slept in our bed for the first two years. (laughs) I won't mention that she still kind of sleeps in our bed sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, it was hard, but it was really fun. And I definitely would say it's best to do it when you have one under two rather than older than that or more than that. So I feel grateful that it was at that
0: time of my life. That's awesome. Okay. So how have things grown from there? So obviously you have a booming textile business and design business now.
1: I, I guess you could say that. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I really have focused mostly on the textiles over the last two years because I've had another baby. And, just recently another baby. So I don't do a lot of design, mostly because it's really hard to do consultations, you know, on a regular basis and go on job sites and go to design centers all the time. So I really just take on design projects as I feel like I can, as you know, my family life will allow. And really that's, Usually two, three a year. So last year I did a big project in Arizona for um a client and it was a show home. And so I I did that and it was so <laughs> difficult with my life. We were moving and I had, you know, two little kids. So I really have slowed down on the design side of things, but I I keep up a few projects here and there that I really wanna do and love to do. So kinda keep it all I try to do it all. <laughs>
0: Yeah, did you prefer the design over the pattern making or textiles? Which one do you like more?
1: Design is definitely my passion. So, the end of the day, I really do want to be known as a designer. I I love doing textiles, but when things slow down and I have children in school, I will pick up more design and and when I can have, you know, like a store or a design studio, um, retail space, you know, it really would be great to get more into doing
0: bigger projects again. Is it Street of Dreams? That's the house in Arizona. It was stunning. I couldn't believe even the movie room. I was like, I would take that as any room in my house. <laughs> oh,
1: thanks. It was, it was really fun. It was a huge undertaking, and I definitely bit off more than I could chew. And I was moving across the country at that time, so
0: I would say I was a little crazy at that time. But things have things have slowed down. What did you do when you had so much on your plate and even more than maybe was ideal?
1: Well, luckily it was at a time of transition, which was really hard. But at the same time, my husband was still kind of getting settled into his new job. And so we had just moved here and we were kind of in transition. He hadn't started fully. So there were a few times when I had to travel there and I didn't take the kids and he just was a superhero and <laughs> handled them for a while. Cause I had to take a few longer trips. And then once we got into the final phases of it, I brought my assistant Carly and we would bring my kids and we'd go there and just set up shop and or set up camp, I would say. And luckily I had a really great client who was so sweet and We would actually, because she was doing a lot of it with me, she was the builder's wife. We would actually stay at her house. We would like share a babysitter and (laughs) we would just go all day, every day, hardcore. We were just trying to get it all done because I was, you know, I was out of town those weeks when I would come, we would just have to. Work nonstop. So it was really crazy, but thanks to a great husband and great assistant and great clients. So I think that's kind of the combination at this phase of my life that kind of have to come together if I want to be able to do bigger design projects. How do you manage your business and parenting priorities? Well, that's really hard. I, especially because I work out of my home and I'm always kind of working on something, it's really hard to leave my work and just decide that I'm not doing anymore today. It's kind of like always staring me in the face. It's really just my laptop. I have emails to answer. And, you know, whether it's like an interview for a magazine, or we're working on a spread for a magazine, or we're doing something, there's always, there's always something that needs my attention. So it's not necessarily something I can pass off anything I can pass off to an assistant, I do. And that's probably what I've learned about prioritizing is just taking as much help as you can so so I can spend quality time with my kids. That means having someone help me with laundry, even though I wish that I could do it all. And <laughs> Most of the time I do. I mean, I would say I do a lot at night. But over the last couple of years with more kids, it's really tiring. And to work all night is just not really feasible either. So, I would just say for me prioritizing has been about taking help when I need it and allowing time for quality time with my kids over little tedious tasks that they might not actually notice that someone else did for them. <laughs> I mean, I don't have a lot of help and I don't I don't really have people come in and do the laundry and cook all the time, but I have no problem asking for help or having someone come in and help me when there's a certain time that I'm just too busy or I've got a lot going on or
0: right now when I have a brand new baby. <laughs> Actually, your brand new baby is with us. Um, she's three weeks old. So what has it been like going from two to three children so far?
1: Oh, it has been amazing so far.
0: I mean, these first three weeks
1: are just the most special. I, mean, I I thought I was going to be done having kids when I had a third. I <laughs> kept telling my husband, this is this is probably the last, okay, and pr- trying to prepare him for that. But I would say having her has made me want to have more kids because it's just such a special thing and it's been really wonderful because I have such wonderful family. I had my mother-in-law come and my mom come, my dad, and I've got really great friends at church and just it's such a fun time just you you feel so much love and you feel such a bond to the baby so I would say today marks the first day of a different life with no mother around and my husband's back at work and I'm kind of back at work so I'm juggling things yet again but luckily my oldest is starting kindergarten next week so we'll have a little bit of a a calmer downtime in the middle of the day during my toddler's nap and the newborn and I should have a little bit of alone time so it should be okay. And you're going to back to work at 3 weeks, really? Well, it's, you know, when you're when you're kind of involved in all the emails and approving things that are going on and, you know, the business has to go on. It's been going on. It's funny, I, I scheduled my labor, so it was a Uh, induction. And the day before I was getting all these (laughs) important, important phone calls, like, you know, things that they wanted to have done, you know, a magazine needed an interview in two days to finish the spread for December. And I'm like, I'm going to the hospital tomorrow to have a baby. So (laughs) I'll try to catch up with you as soon as I
0: can. But it's just kind of how it goes. Obviously, you must really love it enough, right? to make these choices, right? I do. I mean, it really doesn't feel like work.
1: It just feels like a dream. You know, the fact that anyone would want to interview me at all and just that we have a product that people keep buying and loving
0: and it's, it's really rewarding. I love it. What's it like in a marriage where both people are very ambitious, right? Because your husband's been in eye banking, and you obviously have not stopped even with three children. <laughs> What's that balance like for you both? You know,
1: I feel like we're a good compliment to each other. We actually have known each other most of our lives. We're childhood sweethearts. <laughs> so we know each other really well. And he's very passionate. And he's very driven. I mean, he's always kind of been the one with the smarts. And, you know, I knew we'd be going places for him. And he's had a great career so far and has started this new role at Nike a year ago. And so he switched switched careers. And that's been a different transition because it's definitely more of a better work-life balance being at a company like that. And we're in Oregon and it's just a little slower pace of life than what we had before. So I mean, as far as us both being driven, I I would say somehow it works really well. I mean, we never... I would say that we just keep each other motivated and help each other through, you know, issues with each of our personal careers or or ambitions or thoughts. And, you know, we're just a good support system for each other.
0: That's fantastic. Actually, I'm wondering, with your move from Philly to Portland recently, if – I'm not sure how crazy or hustle bustle the life in Philly was, but my husband and I just moved from Chicago to Austin, Texas ourselves. Oh, awesome. Yeah, we're about one month in now. And we are so thrilled because we're very motivated people as well. And we give a lot to what we do. Even my husband is a programmer, and he has a programming job. But you will find him on nights and weekends programming something, whether it's one of my sites or whether it's a project (laughs) behind the scenes that no one is ever going to see that he's just building basically for himself or to learn new things. We have, since moving to Austin, found such a peacefulness. He no longer commutes. I commute now myself to the coffee shop in the mornings to do work. But just living in a slower paced environment versus Chicago, being in the hustle and the bustle right on a very busy street off of Lakeshore Drive, it has been night and day and we're so much more relaxed. So I'm wondering, have you had a similar experience moving to Portland? Definitely. I mean, Portland is
1: totally different from any place I've lived. I grew up in San Francisco and well, both of us did actually so I like that it has a similar West Coast feel, but it is it is definitely a unique place. I mean, I wouldn't say that I'm a perfect fit for Portland, <laughs> um, but I really love it. I mean, it's a great place to raise a family. People are very nice and friendly, and I love that it's very you know environmentally friendly. You can get the best you know produce and food and granola, of course. (laughs) So I'm a big fan of granola, actually. Um, But yeah, we have really enjoyed it. It's just it's so refreshing after having just that really fun, exciting city life to come and be ready for it. I think it takes being ready for it because had it happened just after we were married, it would have been boring. (laughs) But after taking our kids and traveling around, we were really ready for this lifestyle and we were ready to settle down. So it's just been perfect. We love it.
0: I'm so happy to hear that. So I also was, again, you kind of tapped on it, wondering how your design sense has been affected by the move, if at all, or has it been inspired? How's that going? Because your style is much more San Francisco, I would say, than a traditional Portland style, I would think.
1: It's funny you ask because I'm just about to launch my Portland collection. <laughs> so, <laughs> my textile line has really been inspired by the places that I've lived, and a lot of my patterns are named after places that I've lived. You wouldn't really know because they're funny little Arab names, um, but yeah, I really do take my, you know, my personal life and put it into the the patterns and inspirations. Since moving to Portland, I think I've. I've come a little, you know, out of my preppy, super clean everything. Um, I really have been mostly inspired just by painting in general. I have always wanted to paint and tried to paint. I've always done art. I hand drew my Fleur Chinoise collection, which was inspired by Hong Kong, but I've never painted anything for my pattern. So I started working on watercolors and didn't end up actually painting the entire pattern because it's so hard to get a hand painted pattern into repeat but really worked closely with my graphic designer to create these hand painted inspired pieces that I'm so excited to to share with everyone. So, yeah, I would say Portland has definitely affected my design sense. We're living in a house that is a really great clean palette and Um, has some really nice clean lines and a little bit of industrial edge to it, which is very Portland. So, you know, I couldn't help living in a house like this, which we're renting. Um, So it won't be my style forever, I would say, but it's been fun to kind of just jump into a different look and kind of embrace this new environment and kind of bring in some more of the natural elements and go a little more organic with the pattern. So I'm really excited. We're we're definitely going in a different direction for fall.
0: Yeah, because your pillows always seem to coordinate so well within each collection and the color palette is so pure in a lot of ways. Is the color palette going to pair as well or is it kind of on its own direction now?
1: You know, it is. It It will still coordinate. I really have a palette that I live by and will always... I could probably name off all the colors. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say I have really changed my color palette per se. I'm still definitely in my coral and and my purples. And I've added a little bit more of the grays and some greens, which is different for me. So, you know, it had to be a little more green being a Portland collection. So we're definitely going, you know, a little different with the accents, but I would say that the main colors are still going to coordinate and definitely blend with my current
0: collections. That's awesome. So before we started this show, we kind of talked about the conversations you wanted to have that you didn't know were really necessarily happening out there. So we were going to kind of bring up the topic of social media and the idea of keeping up with everyone. Why don't you go into a little bit about that for yourself?
1: When you asked me about what are some topics that i find you know interesting and things that have been you know challenging i would say it's the whole keeping up with the joneses or whoever it is i think that in this world with technology and blogs and instagram and really how we you and i found each other how we all find each other these days it's amazing. I mean, it's such a powerful tool and it can be used for such good, but it also can be really negative and really hard on people personally. And, you know, I have felt that in my life and I know that a lot of people have felt that. And so that's definitely something that is on my mind. And especially as I raise a little five-year-old daughter, just knowing what's out there and what world they're going to be growing up in and knowing that it's so focused on likes and, and what you look like. And, you know, I really think that that's a topic I want to be prepared to have with, you know, have conversations and have a healthy perspective when it comes to teaching my daughter and being an example to her.
0: Yeah. So have you actually struggled with it yourself in the past? I would say that when I first started
1: out blogging, you know, I was so focused on how many comments you're going to get on this post. And at the time, I was really blogging about design and about my life in Dubai. And and people were so nice and so complimentary. And I really have not had a lot of negative comments necessarily. But I just remember being really focused on that. and And I guess that's kind of why I, in the last couple of years, have come to focus on my business and less on blogging. I keep up a blog because I like to be connected and I think it's a great way to share beautiful inspirational images, but I just, it was hard. I was always looking at how many comments there were and how many comments someone else's blog had and who was doing this and you know, it just is, it it can get old, so. So what did you change? Well, I just stopped blogging so much <laughs> i It was at the time when I was starting my textile line, and so we've just we just really use our blog more as a platform to share and less of you know everything that ever happened and what's going on and I think that's kind of the natural progression of where we've come with you know Instagram and Pinterest and all that It's becoming a lot easier, and you don't have to do as much, which is nice, especially for busy people and moms. (laughs) So I just try not to focus too much on it. And I'm grateful that it's a good tool. But I don't, I don't really want to feel like I have to share everything about my life. And have approval from people or or need comments, you know, about anything.
0: Yeah. So it sounds like what you're saying is you used to be more personal on your blog and more connected in that world. And you've selectively chosen based on your values to step back from that on the personal landscape and just share from a more professional and business level alone. Right. Exactly. So what would you recommend for other people who maybe do or do not even have businesses. So it's kind of beyond that, but just people that are connecting with social media and have that challenge. Do you have any suggestions for them?
1: Yeah. I mean, I would say for, for people who are looking to be in the social media world or, or want to have a presence, you know, I think that's probably something that I'm asked more often is how do I start? And I always say, start a blog because that's how it happened for me. So, That's why I say it's such a great tool and also can be a negative tool. So I would just say be careful in the way that you start your online personality or, you know, whether you're blogging or Instagramming. I would just say that make sure that you know where you want to go with it and what your goal is. And You know, I just think that when you obsess over what pictures you posted or how perfect it looks or what you're wearing in that picture, that's when I think you cross the line. For me, that's not the priority. And I think the quality of my life, I feel like is better when I don't think about that. And so I guess I would just say for someone starting out, just be careful and know where you want to go with it because it can really take over (laughs) and and you just want to make sure that you don't lose perspective and balance.
0: Yeah. Do you think that your children have affected that perspective at all? Definitely. I mean, I noticed just
1: little people around me, little youth that I know either at church or family or friends or whatnot, just that, you know, everybody has phones now and my kids know how to look on Instagram. And, (laughs) you know, you just want to make sure that you're always being the kind of person that you want your kids to look up to. And, and so I just am always careful of what I'm sharing and
0: doing. Do you have any perspective to share about your priorities when it comes to how much you share about your children online?
1: I wouldn't say that I'm a huge personality that people are going to stalk or do anything. You know, I don't know <laughs> if anyone would really care that much. But yes, I try not to share too much. Usually a you know, once a week or something, I'll share a little picture, but I'm careful about where we are and making sure that there aren't too many details in the picture or house numbers, you know, all the basics, but I'm not too
0: concerned. What doubts or resistance have you had to face in your career or life?
1: I would say doubts probably stemmed from just a a young age. I was the youngest in my family and I have these great siblings who have achieved a lot and have really been great examples to me. But from an early age I would say that I I was always insecure that I maybe wasn't as smart as my brother or as talented as my sister. You know, it's just those little those little things that you worry about when you're little, mostly, and was I am I a good enough dancer? you know I was it was those little things when I was growing up that I was concerned about, but I think that, as I've gotten older and i I have really great parents and, as I said before, really great siblings who would probably be shocked that I would ever say that I was insecure because of them, but it was really more of a stepping stone that just allowed me to really find myself and and find out who I am. Because I kind of thought that I had to be just like my sister or just like my brother or, or whoever. But as I got older and kind of discovered my own unique abilities and my own passions, that they were different from my siblings. And my parents at times probably wondered what direction I was going. But as I matured and found myself, I really came to know who I was. And so I guess I would say that the challenges of that insecurity that I felt because maybe I wasn't as smart or as talented as my siblings just became stepping stones for me to, to find my own strengths and to know what unique talents that I have. And I really just focused in on that mostly just in my early twenties and really found that I had my own gifts and, and that has become a strength to me because I had those original insecurities. How did you find those strengths? Well, I, I went through a period in my college years where I, I kind of struggled, I guess, in a way, well, I'm LDS, I'm Mormon. And there's this time in college where All the guys are gone because they all go on missions at age 19. And now, actually, girls can go at 19. But it used to be that boys would go at 19 and girls would go at 21. So I had all those years where, like, you know, guys were going on missions. And then you think about if you want to go on a mission. And so I had a friend who went on a mission, a, a girl. She's my best friend. And so I kind of had... This period of time where I felt like it was my own little mission, but I didn't leave really for very long or for very far. But, you know, I just really focused on myself and and my relationship with God and spirituality and finding out what I believed and who I was and how I felt about life in general. And and I also ended up going on a study abroad to Paris and found a new passion. Just that's kind of where I found this love for design and architecture. And I had been thinking I was going to do like a kind of more of a human development, marriage, family, human development major. And then I ended up changing to, well, I I started doing French. And so I was really focusing on French language. And then I ended up changing to an interior design emphasis and also art history minor. So, you know, it really was a combination of self-discovery and spirituality also combined with just totally falling in love with design and knowing that that's what I was going to do for the rest of my life.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it's really inspiring to know that that took you a while to find. It wasn't something that you just always knew, you know, since you were little.
1: Yeah, it definitely, it it evolved. I was always into art. I I wanted to kind of be an artist when I was little, but lost that during the high school years and then rediscovered it in college and... But I'm grateful that I had that time when I had no idea. I went to college, like I said before, thinking that I had to do the same exact things as my siblings. So I said, oh, yeah, I'm an English major. <laughs> and then I realized quickly that I really didn't like English. <laughs> so it was, uh, it was interesting, but really fun.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people can relate, too, to this idea of, I'm, I think that this is what I should do, and then realizing that it's not a fit. How did you have the ability to face the fear of changing and going in a different direction
1: it was just kind of a it was really good timing because I was looking for a part-time job during college and started working in a flower shop and and that eventually became the boutique that I helped with the design and so it was just it was kind of just miraculous I really do feel like most of the things in my life have been you know you could call it a kismet or you know just an act of of fate or God, you know, and I I really do believe that I've been blessed and inspired and been led to people and places that have been, you know, critical in my in my development of of who I am in my life. And so, you know, I guess at that time, um, relating to that that change, I I just went for it. I was pretty driven at that time as well. I just hadn't found what I was driven for. You know, I, I'm kind of just, that's always been my personality. When I find something that I really want to do, I go for it. So at one point in college, I decided I wanted to be a singer-songwriter. <laughs> so I <laughs> I went for it. <laughs> and I, embarrassingly enough, had a little concert that I'm still haunted by that my, friend, <laughs> my friends love to sing the songs that I wrote. But, you know, it was just a season of life and everything kind of led
0: to where it was supposed to. So what would you tell someone who's just starting out on this journey?
1: I I guess I would say to someone starting out on the journey, the most important thing is to really be true to who you are and and what you want to represent, whether you're trying to start a business or Mm -hmm. start a blog or start a new job or or whatever, you know, there's so many different ways you could answer this question. But I think being true to who you are and what you want to become, I have always been very driven by results. And you know, whether it's trying to get in really good shape or trying to change something about myself or do really well in a class or something, I've always really focused on what I wanted to become. And, you know, I think that there are a lot of challenges that can that can get in the way. But I think just having the motivation and the courage and the strength to know that you can do anything you put your mind to. A lot of it is hard work, but you need to believe in yourself and and know who you are and to have that courage and confidence despite what challenges may come.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Caitlin. Thank you. It was so fun. And there you have it. Thank you so much for listening. And Caitlin, thank you so much for coming on the show, especially so soon after having your little one. If you'd like to send Caitlin a message, hop over to Twitter at CWD Textiles. Thanks so much, guys. And I'll see you next week.